Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to TVN's Praise Podcast, hosted by Matt and Lori Crouch where you will hear interviews with some of your favorite Bible teachers, pastors, authors, and Christian leaders. On today's episode, Lori Crouch and Christine Kane host author and founder of Messenger International, Lisa Bevere. Be encouraged as Lisa shares how through God's abundant love, you hold a unique purpose in this world. Why do you think there is rivalry amongst people when we are without rival before God. Do you think we care more about what people think about us than what God thinks about us? I think so. I think that. And As you were talking, and, and I was it's just an issue. That. It's the issue of the fear of man. Right. We really believe that our value is attached to people. We don't believe that our value is attached to God. We don't believe that we actually get our identity, our purpose from Him. And, you know, here's this thing. And yeah. Lori and I were talking in the dressing room when you'd popped out to get some food. But uh, how God... Oh, no, food. I'm Greek. Yeah, I know. I know. We and eat. I followed you shortly afterwards. <laughs> but, but, but here's the thing. We have a generation, the millennial generation, that they actually know, and you see this too. Yeah. You and I, we get to travel, we get to speak yeah. to a lot of young people. And you know, you're Greek, I'm a Sicilian grandmother, and I'll preach to them, and they'll like they'll come up to me almost shaking afterwards because they know they know that God's hand is on their life yeah. as a generation for something unique and something powerful. But this is what they say to me: they say, "I know God's hand is on my life," and I'm like, "It is," and they'll say, "But I have absolutely no idea what I'm called to do." And I say to them, you will never discover what you are called to do by looking at what everybody else has already done. And this is a generation, the millennials are called OCD. They're obsessive uh, comparison disorder. They constantly are comparison and measuring and they're always falling short. They're always trying. So what they're doing is that they're in the presence of people instead of the presence of God. And I I love what you just said there because I'm thinking this is the first generation that carries this phone everywhere. They're so busy scrolling Mm. through everyone else's life, they're not living their own life. And I think the enemy, I mean, I love social media, I love phones, you know, (laughs) we we are all talking to each other on this, but we grew up in a world before all of this. So it was hard enough then to feel confident. You know, you'd be at the supermarket and... Um, you'd look at the magazines and you'd start comparing, I'm not thin enough, Mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough, I'm not famous enough, whatever it might be. But at least you had to wait till you went to a store to have that comparison. It wasn't in your your home. It wasn't in your heart, it wasn't in your hand 24-7. Like my kids, if I don't stop them, Mm -hmm. pick up a phone almost first thing in the morning. And Mm -hmm. so it's, I I think that part of uh, social media, that part of technology the enemy can use that to really undermine the confidence in young people. And I think in your book, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a uh, Lisa Bevere book fan, I need to tell you. <laughs> um, I just believe God anoints some people like in such a supernatural way to, to write this. And, um, it, and from the first time, I mean, I, I really got to know you through your books, then met you and went, oh, my word, you know, this woman is just so anointed for all of this. Um, but you give us so many different examples and break it down for people um, about how God actually made us all uniquely. Now, just talk to the person out there. I would think right now that 
doesn't feel unique. In fact, they feel like a loser and they feel like they've fallen so far short. Well, first and foremost, unique is not the outside. And so everything we're looking at, we're comparing ourselves with the outside. I mean, you can have pink hair and not be unique. Hello. I mean, I mean oh, it, there you it go. has yeah. nothing to do with your That's hair. That's what it people has try to do. do. Yeah. It has to do with who God made you. And so when we get into the presence of God, he begins to speak unique strength and unique purpose into our life. You know, you and I, you know, we came from broken family backgrounds. And yet in the presence of God, God okay. said things to us that astounded us. God said things to us that were woven into our being when he yeah. wove us in our mother's womb and he called for things. And so what I tried to do with the book is say, you know what I want to do? I want to tell you, I want to ask you who you are, not who everybody right. else says you are, not what you look like, not what you do, but I want to ask you who you are. And I'm going to actually have to have you connect with who you are. Yeah. So I'm going to have you get alone with the Holy Spirit and let him call you by name. We've all been called names. As women, we've been called names. Yes, but here's the thing. We don't want to diminish you. We want to actually position you so that God can call forth these things. Like he calls for things like strength. He calls for things like purpose. And he calls these things into our lives and out of our lives. And they're in the depths of our being. You know, and so the uniqueness that we have is our connection with our creator, the connection with our day, the connection with our time. Right. And so the rivalry, and it's interesting, you know, you talk about why the rivalry. It's, it's interesting. It all began between a rivalry between God and Satan, mm. where right. Lucifer, who watched this amazing God, went somewhere from worship to, I can be like the most high. Exactly. You know, where he began to think of himself more highly. And so most people, they begin as admiration and then it becomes as, you know what, you're taking this away from me. And so we need to understand that there is promises of God that are on our lives yeah. that the enemy does not want to bring forth. And, and so one of, the, one of the first things he does is distract us. He says, look at what everybody else is doing. It's a distraction. If he can't, if he can't distract us it's enough, but we said that then he diminishes us. He says, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are to write a book? He tries to say, you can't do this. He tries to say, no, I'm sorry, you can't do this. Who, you, you're, none of your family has ever done this. You can't do this. You can't distract, you can't diminish. Then what he does is divide. And yes. women, women, we divide because there's not enough places at the table. And so we've been fighting for places at the table instead of doing what God wants us to do, which is set a whole new table. He wants us to make a big enough table for everyone. There's not just four women that can be respected, but there can be all women totally. respected for who they are. And if he can't do that, then he destroys, which you've seen him do up close and yeah. personal on A21. He says, I will destroy them. Oh, yeah. So these are the plans of the enemy. They're not new. It's his strategy. He's always had since the beginning of time. And so he will distract us from our purpose. He will, when we discover it, he'll say, how dare you think you can do that? Exactly. And then if, if he says, oh, now, now, you know, they're going to get aligned with the people they need to be aligned with to see this come forth, I'm going to have to divide them. So he makes sure that once people decide, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to step into this God thing, then he isolates them. And then if he can't do that, then he does everything he can to destroy them. And women right now are under an onslaught. And yes. here's the scary thing, you know, Lori and Christine, they're not just under an attack because they're women in the world, but everything about feminine it's under attack right now. It is being undermined by the enemy. And why do you think he wants, what's he going for? 
Well, I think that women are very strategic in these last yeah. days. I think that God is coming back. You know, it's coming back for a bride. Jesus is coming back for a bride. So if we can undermine everything that has any feminine expression, any expression of virtue, any expression right. of purity, any image of marriage and male and female related as one, let's undermine all of that. Because when we undermine marriage, we undermine Christ in the church. And so the, the issues on gender, the issues on marriage, they aren't just a surface issue. They're undermining some way deeper than we even have the ability to understand. Well, it's the image of God. Exactly. You know, God made us, He created us in His image, male and female, right. and created us to be one, and the, and the covenant. Absolutely. And that is what is just being yes. targeted. So if the enemy can try to undermine that covenant, and if people can't see a relationship between Christ and His bride, yeah. then I think... It's the overarching thing. We've got Adam and Eve. And it goes to Christ and his bride. If you undermine the overarching, the bookends of the gospel, the bookends of the story of Jesus, you, you undermine everything. Okay, I love what you talked about, alienation. So I'm going to read a little part of your book here. Decades ago, I read a book that suggested that the end of the world as we know it would be brought about by world-spread alienation rather than alien invasion. <laughs> it theorized that the time would come when the world would be divided into two opposing camps or trains of thought. Yeah. Do you yeah, think so we're there? Well, I think we're heading that way yeah. because, I mean, people are polarizing. We were talking about this yeah. around what they hate, around what they hate. And so you can kind of look at the world and it's, it's being divided. And it was interesting because this was written in the, the 80s where the world was not connected like right. it was. And so now we see what's going on. It said instead of like people like having an alien invasion from like spaceships, but that there would be widespread alienation. So people would, their love would wax cold. There would be two camps where they would end up meeting together and divided on on the whole issues and then fight with each other. The enemy has always been about let's divide and let's conquer. Totally. Houses that are divided cannot stand. Yeah. They fall. And so, yeah, and so I think what's happening is if I see you as a rival, then we're always going to be divided. We're never going to be united in purpose. If the opposite of a friend is a competitor, is yeah. a competitor. And so wow. people, it's interesting, the word rival actually originates from two different sides of the same river. And so we just need to actually jump in to the river and let God deal with these things. But, you know, on that same page, I talk about how we judge when we feel judged. Wow. When we feel judged, we're going to judge other people rather than just say, okay, God, I'm going to bring this to you. I want you to deal with my heart. It's easier to judge somebody else and alienate. When, when we feel shame, we shame other people. When we feel like we have been robbed, we're not, it's not long before we're going to start robbing other people. When we begin to think that people are our source instead of God is our source, mm -hmm. when we begin to think that everything that we have is what somebody else is taking from us or what we get and grab for ourselves, and we don't understand our connection with God, then we're going to constantly be fighting. But yeah, this world is in it really coming to this place where you can see whether it's ISIS, whether it's Islam and Christianity, whatever it is, you can constantly see this division, racism, division, male and female, division, whatever's going on, you know, it's, it's dividing, dividing, dividing. And the only thing that can unite us is, is the truth of Jesus Christ. Yes. And we're going to have to love our enemies, but we also are going to have to not love what God hates. Mm -hmm. You know, so. I, I love what you just said. And um, 
you know, I know I'm Australian and now living here in America, but, you know, you just mentioned about the division and racism and sort of living in this country at the moment. Constant. There's there's obviously so Political much parties, going on. Political parties, whatever. And I think, and the rivalry that causes, what do you think the answer is? I saw you tweet about racism being inherently evil, sinful, demonic. Um, what do you think the answer is? Because, you know, I'm, I'm an outsider that's now living in here going, wow, this is a really big deal in, in this nation. Yeah, and, you know, I, I would... I would point my fingers that the media loves to actually just aggravate that thing, yes. constantly poke it. And every time there's healing, they're, they're going to blow things up, whether it's uh, white racism or black racism, they're going to they're gonna keep pushing right. that. I don't know why they want to do that. But I loved what Martin Luther uh, King said when he just said, you know, that it's, it's, we're going to stop talking about white power or black power. We need to talk about God's power. Yeah, and I think when we finally talk about yeah. the blood of Jesus yeah. and we understand that we are all one blood, it doesn't matter about our skin colors. We're all one blood. And we bow our knee to the lordship of Jesus Christ. There's no room for racism. And every single Christian should denounce every form of racism. Yes. Every form. And we do have to forgive. We're going to have to forgive because there's, we're never going to be able to, to make up for what's happened. But we are going to have to move forward. Well, let's land there for a moment yeah. because I think... Um, Somebody be watching this right now going, but Lisa, you don't know. Now, whether it's racism sure. or whether it's another woman, what sure. she's done, because there is so much pain. You and I speak at yeah. a plethora of women's conferences. And as much as we talk about we should be without rival, we're all the same blood. Mm -hmm. Even though mine is Greek and yours is Sicilian, but, <laughs> but they registered the same. They're both, they're but, both but the red. truth is that <laughs> there is, people have been hurt, like we said, Absolutely. hurting people hurt people. So give maybe some people that are watching this right now practical tools. How do you let go? when you've been on the receiving end of being really deeply hurt and wounded. Right. Well, and you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to act like it's an easy thing. No, because it's I, not. And I'm not going to act like it's not real and I'm not going to yeah. minimize the pain. Totally. But, but the truth is that you can study your whole past and it will not fix your future. Yeah. And so, you know, at some point, I don't know what's been done to you. I don't know if it was a ex-husband. I don't know if it was a woman you opened up your heart to. I don't know whether it was a racist. I don't know what it is, but here's what I do. I don't know what happened, but I know who can change that. And so you have to come to this place where you say to Jesus, I believe actually that your death on the cross was enough for me. I believe it was more than enough for me. And I can't ever make these things right. But here's what you can do. He can come to you and he can say, listen, my perfect love can cast out all of your fear. My my healing from that cross can heal every yes. broken place in your life, but you need to actually let it go. You need to let it go because nobody's going to actually be able to pay enough to actually heal that wound. And Jesus paid for all of it. So you just need to be able to say, it's not right. It's not fair. He's like, baby girl, I know. Yeah. I know it's not right. I know it's not fair, but I don't want it to rob another day of your life. So I'm going to ask you to believe me that your past is not your future. And if you will let go of this, I will vindicate you. I will take care of this. And you lay hold of the promises of God that I have on your life. So right now, I'm going to ask that the Holy Spirit begin to work in your life where he begins to excavate those that debris and that rubble that has been over you and on you, that has cast aside your dreams, that has caused a problem for you. I'm just going to ask that the Holy Spirit, even as we talk, even as the three of us talk, even as you long for the friendships and the relationships that are iron sharpening iron, even as 
we talk that the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you, that he begins to unearth those things that are hidden in your life and those dreams and those visions will be quickened and that you will let go of those things in your past so that you can lay hold of that in your future. Yeah, what, Amen. what can help us uh, as far as steps we can take to start filling in that alienation? You know, the, the, what yeah. we see in our families and our, and our relationships with girlfriends and... Well, I know this sounds really simplistic, but God actually just told me to start to be the woman I wanted to meet. Beautiful. Yeah. You know, and I, and I know that, I mean, like, I, I'm just kind of thinking if I felt alone and isolated, Christine felt alone, you felt, then there's a lot of other women. Oh, yeah. And so he had to do some alone work with me. He had, to, you know, I had been lonely. But he was like, no, now, girl, we're going to take you in a cave. We're going to do some alone work. Yeah. And I began to write it backwards. I began to say, what kind of friend do I want? That's the friend I'm going to have to be. Yes. And, and you know, I didn't have a family that raised with healthy women issues. You know, I've been, I've been hurt by men, but I've been wounded by women. Oh, yeah. You know, my mother looked at me, you know, and, and bless her. She's in heaven and, you know, Jesus, she's, she's it's all good. beautiful and good. <laughs> Absolutely. But she told me, I never bonded with you. You know, it was never your problem. I never bonded with you. You're kind of like, what, what do you do what with you that? Do with yeah. <laughs> okay. So, we never. Thank you. That explains now? so much. Yeah. But, I mean, now we're bonded and having everything. Yeah. But, but so what you had, I remember when God, like, I think all of us probably came into the women world kicking and screaming. Oh, yes. I stayed in youth ministry full time for 15 years because I never wanted to graduate to women's miseries. No. I, I just thought yeah. I am not going no to that women's misery. They're all crying. They're Big all like, I, drinking I, tea. I didn't yeah, even know what do macrame or origami. No. And I just was like, at least in youth ministry, people expect me to go charge hell with a water pistol. Yes. Like, yes. you know, yes. That yes. yes. <laughs> and, and that's my husband is the one that forced me into women's ministry because of our youth ministry. Right. Because he was ministering and saw these young girls and he was like, how dare you not say something to them? Wow. And I was like, hey, I'm not some package deal. Just because you're the youth pastor doesn't mean I have to be the youth pastor. And he'd be like, you just need to be ready. I'm going to call on you tonight. I'd be like, you just need to be ready. I'm not going to say anything. So he, he tricked me. But here's the thing that, that I love about my husband and I know that we are all in the same. We realized at some point that I was bought with a price yes. and that I did not have the right to be comfortable when so many people were uncomfortable. And I wasn't even really comfortable because you'll never be comfortable when you're not fulfilling your purpose. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You, you'll always be uncomfortable. And so I started to reach out to women. And, and I remember um, I was pregnant with my third son and uh, <laughs> John had tricked me into doing a Pentecostal holiness women's meeting, which do I ever <laughs> look like I should be a part yeah. of that? Pentecostal. I know. They were traumatized. My ears were double pierced. Yes. I was in Rockingham, North Carolina. That's John next like, level. No, he tricked me. He was like, you're, you're speaking tomorrow. I told me you speak. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not speaking. I'm like nursing your babies that, and I'm pregnant. I'm not doing anything. And he said, yeah, you're going to go do this. And I remember I cried out to God and I said, I don't, I don't know. I don't like women. And he said, I love women. No, God told me, he said, I love women. I'm like, really? He's like, I like guys. And he said, I made woman as the answer to the very first problem. Wow. And he said, and that was, it's not good for man to be alone. Mm -hmm. And he said, I love women, Lisa. And I said, but I don't, I've never had a mentor. I don't have any women showing me what to do. And he said, yes, you do. He said, everything you wish another woman would have been for you, you begin to be that woman. And I think there's a lot of women out there, Lori and Christine, that they, they know what they want, but they can't find it. But it's because they need to just start being it. Mm -hmm. And so I know that, I know that's a harder challenge. 
I know it'd be easier if we could all just hand it off to you. But the truth is, they get to pioneer something. Yeah. And and so we can either be victims or we can be pioneers and say, you know what, I'm going to be that woman. I'm going to be that woman. So I sat down. I literally sat down in my hotel. I wrote it backwards. What would she look like when she saw me? What would she say? Which wow. you know, like I wrote it backwards. What? How would she treat me? How would she counsel me in my marriage? What would she do? And I wrote it backwards. And really, to be honest with you, every book I write. I feel like I'm strategizing what it means to be that woman. Right. And now it's to be that woman as a grandmother, to be that woman as a daughter, to be that woman as a, a mother, to be that woman talking to younger women. Because we've got a whole generation oh, yeah. of younger women who are incredibly talented and yet don't know how to do relationship. Right. We hope you're enjoying the Praise Podcast. We'll get back to the interview soon. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Um, rivalry with men, and I know that so many women out there, you know, they're equal pay. There's yeah. all kinds of um, different things. That you guys have seen it so much more than I've experienced it. You guys, <laughs> feel free. Go. Ready? One, two, three, go. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's definitely a real thing. Yeah. I mean, yes. and, and, yeah. and unfortunately, a lot of women do feel marginalized because they are a woman, just because they are a woman. Yeah. And so I, I know that, you know, Christine, you grew up in the beautiful house of Hillsong where they've always celebrated women. Yeah. And, you know, you got to be part of really pioneering that. Whereas I grew up in a church oh, yeah. where they said that the woman was the last to be created, first to sin, easily deceived, gullible, you know. And so all of these things, even if you don't really say, I believe that, somehow it sticks on you. Yes, mm -hmm. It's kind of like when thing. you when you mm -hmm. sit down in a chair and there's a label and then it's on your backside. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just kind of always there. And you don't know it, but like on. other people notice it when you walk by. They're like, there's a label on her yes. backside. Yeah. And so what happened for me is I could look at my personal life. And I remember thinking, well, I can look at my past and see where I've been gullible. Mm. I can look at my past and I can right. see where I've been deceived. Yeah. I, can, I can look at my past and see where I've made grievous errors and mistakes. They, they must be right. And so kind of always a little just like of an undertone and a resonance. And then I met Christine. And I remember Christine like getting in a car with Gary Clark. And I, I like I had preached at the women's conference with total confidence. And then I had done Sunday morning with a bunch of question marks because I wasn't allowed to teach men. So I had to ask questions. I wasn't allowed to say with a declarative, affirmative voice. I had to say, could it be, could it be possible? And Chris, and so Gary's like, why do you insult my church? Why do you insult my church? Why do you preach with passion and clarity to the women and then get up on my Sunday morning and, and act like it's a big question mark? And I look at Christine and I said, tell him where I'm from. And she was like, I wish you would just figure it out. Yeah, she said, I am tired of doing this all by myself. And that, that's really like was kind of a wake up. I'd never preached on my own church. And I was like, what's going on? But everything shifted for me. You have all boys. Christine has all girls. Everything shifted for me when I started having spiritual daughters, Right. And then my granddaughter. And I started to think, wait a minute. If somebody told Sophia that she was gullible, that she was easily deceived, that she was the last to be created and first to sin, 
Somebody's going to have to pull me off that person because yeah. I'm going to go flying yeah. across the room. I'm going to tackle them. I'm going to put my hand over their mouth so that they are not allowed to speak one Sorry, of those words Jesus. over my granddaughter right. because I do not want her labeled. And yet that is what we have done from our pulpits. And the women sit there and they feel the shame totally. and they, they can look at their life and they don't understand that the truth is that the Great Commission was our permission. Come on. When Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, go into all the world and make disciples. He didn't say, except for the women. I'm right. sorry. And, oh. and so, wait, women, I'm sorry. Did you, you weren't supposed to hear that. He, he, that is our permission. And you can get into all the arguments about whether you can be an elder or a deacon or whatever. Forget all that. Go into all yeah. the world and preach the gospel. And, and the truth is, maybe most of us will never have a pulpit but you have your life. Yes, you do. And the greatest platform any of us will ever stand on is our life because our life speaks louder than any of the gift of God on our life. Our life is ultimately the platform that people will watch and say, does she really believe it or not? Yeah, does she really live it or not? And so, yeah, for gender rivalry, I think a lot of time has been spent with the church saying, oh, well, Adam should have shut Eve down. So we're going to shut Eve down. No, Adam and Eve just shut the snake down. Mm. They don't shut, the, what the answer wasn't right. for the woman to have no voice. The answer was for the woman to speak the word of God to the serpent, and that is still the answer. The church needs to empower its daughters to speak the word of God to the serpent, not to push the men aside or the men to push the women down. That is not where we're at right now. This is not the day where we need to be at odds with these or we have to be together. But we need to, we need to hit these things because there's a lot of young women that they feel called to preach the gospel totally, and they feel ashamed. And no daughter who loves her father like we love our Father God, is ever going to want to do anything that is displeasing to Him. Oh, absolutely. So they're going to sit down on that gift and then do you know what they're going to do? They're going to leave the church and they're going to go outside of the church and they're going to do in the world what they should have been able to do in the church as well. And this is why I love about Propel. Yeah. It's because we want to tell them everything you do is sacred. Yeah. Everything you do is sacred I've, if you do it is under God. Totally. Otherwise, we're going to hemorrhage a generation, which yeah. we are, out we of are. the church. Because yeah. you cannot um, say to a woman, I, I remember in my early days and before there was a whole lot of teaching about all of this, it was a very simplistic concept. But I, I thought, number one, God is not going to dangle a carrot in front of me mm -hmm. and say, oh, I put all this gift and talent in, inside of you and it's going to be out of your reach mm -hmm. for all your time on this earth. It's just mm -hmm. to frustrate you. Yeah. And um, I didn't even know I was doing it. But what I discovered, uh, guys, is that I would go overseas and there would be certain people and I would preach and teach in settings on Sunday mornings with, mm -hmm. I might have been in Asia or in South America or in, in Africa and people would sit in the meetings and then you'd come to North America and suddenly, and then I realised, I thought, I would probably have more respect for you if you were consistent. So are you telling me that either men in Africa or Asia are not really men? I, I don't know. Is that, or did Paul in that text mean that a woman cannot teach a man between 10 a.m. and 1 p.m. on a Sunday morning That's what he meant. in North America, yeah. predominantly in white Anglo-Saxon Protestant churches in the South? <laughs> That's what I think the interpretation yes. yep. of that text might have been because yeah. I realised other than that, no one seems to have a problem with what I'm doing, <laughs> except in those little places. So in all of that, that was many years ago. I was just like, you know what, you all can figure it out. 
we need to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. People need to be set free and off we go. But in that with Propel, I really wanted to make sure that women knew whether you're a doctor, a lawyer, a stay-at-home mum, homeschooling 10 kids, Mm -hmm. um, or maybe uh, in any profession that God had placed you in that sphere of influence for you to be salt and light and to transform your world in the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. So you can be confident in that profession. You can be confident in that vocation. And we are called to bring heaven to earth here on earth. We want God's will to be done. And so I don't think that God has created us to lack confidence. You know, in the book of Hebrews, the scripture says that don't throw away your confidence for it has great reward. And I think the enemy from the Garden of Eden has wanted a woman to throw away her confidence. And I think in in this book so powerfully brings us back to the fact that this is why we have to embrace our identity in Christ and our purpose. Because the minute you don't know who you are in Christ or you're doubting who you are in Christ, and I think the enemies here from the Garden of Eden, did God really say? Yeah. Did God, and I think he's still saying that to women today. Did yes. God really say? Absolutely. He absolutely is. And, and I think that we need to be able to say back to a generation, yes, he yes. actually did say that. And this is what his word said. And here's the thing. Truth has become fluid. Truth has become subjective. That's the and, and we're going to have to decide, is that really the way it is? Because my Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except from him. So if he's the way, the truth, the life, and he is the living word, the living word. He's the word made flesh. He is scripture made flesh. Then when we begin to undermine scripture, we undermine Jesus. We undermine everything that is truth. So we have to, as women, we need to be knowledgeable. We need to be women who know the word of God, who live the word of God. And then once we know it and we live it, then we lead with it. We don't just have a message so that we can be in a platform, but we have to know it and we have to live it and then we prophetically walk it out in front of people and we declare it over the next generation. Well, I think, and that's where um, I think it has to be built on the foundation that we understand, as scripture says, that Jesus is without rival, Mm -hmm. which is where it all starts. So he's the God without rival. So if you can even, if you start undermining the word of God and then you start saying, well, all roads lead to Rome and Jesus is one of many options. Or the best option. The, be- mm, the best option. The best of the all best the options. And I'm like, that's not really what the Bible says. No. It doesn't actually give you yeah, options. It's the only options. Option. There is no option. <laughs> and, um, and I think that's where it's going. And I think I look at that, uh, you know, I mean, we've been living in, in a world that where truth has been relative in, in so many different um, realms of life, but I see it only increasing in what I'm doing. And I think the challenges that we're seeing um, in our society, the moral decline of our society, uh, the pluralism in our society, all roads lead to Rome, the gender fluidity, I'm like, there is a much bigger thing. Uh, And I think that, you know, you're hitting that. I don't want to jump ahead to your next book, (laughs) but I do everything in me. Um, No, it's it's a huge conversation. Very much so. Because I think, but, but I think when we settle it with, Jesus is without rival, which is the only reason we are without rival. So when you start thinking, I'm without rival because I'm fantastic, there's, there's a problem. I was listening, yeah. even driving to this taping today, I was listening to a particular podcast just talking about we weren't really born into original sin. We're all really good and we've just got to find our goodness. They and- need to meet my three-year-old yeah. grandmother. <laughs> 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 I always say that. Are you ever wondering if there's an Adamic nature? Yeah, totally. But but They what, lie on purpose. <laughs> it's all there. But when you start to go, there really isn't a need for atonement 
there really is it. Then you're starting to mm. say that Jesus is optional. So yeah. you're not saying in this book at all that I'm just so awesome, so I'm without rival. It's once no, no, I, no, no, I, no. my identity is in Christ who's without rival. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is why it can't be shaken. That's so, yeah, the so the identity that is without yes. rival is because God created me without rival because he is without rival because there's promises, but then there's also rivals. And we need to talk about the oh, yeah. idea that there is a rivalry between truth and lies. There's a right. rivalry between fear and love. There's rivals, and rivals will come into our lives to bring out the best in us. And, and, and I think and, there could be idols too. Well, I mean, obviously, well, it's all sin comes down to idolatry. idolatry. That's the whole thing. And that's, that's the thing that right from the beginning when the enemy, and you said this, said, I will exalt my, my throne above mm -hmm. that of God. That's the, the rivalry always comes down to idolatry. So then mm -hmm. even when we compare ourselves amongst ourselves. That's self-worship. Always. Yeah. And I think that's at the root of what you're really talking about. Yeah. You know, and, and Christine, you were part of one of the funniest stories in that book where. Um, <laughs> so, no doubt. So, no. That's my gift to the body. No, no. Okay. I, uh, no. So, uh. No, I, I actually woke up and I, I, I'm Sicilian and I like sleep yes. all night just to drink espresso. I'm That's so it. excited. And so I, I got up and I, I go to sleep making just and, so that I can get up and yes, coffee. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like soon it's coming. And so I, I like made my espresso and I did whipped cream and I shaved dark chocolate and cinnamon and cayenne pepper. And I was just like shaking. I was like, this is going to be so amazing. And I sat down and I turned on my phone, like, like a lot of us do. Mm. And I saw this constant thread coming through. People were saying, Thank you so much for putting me on your list. Thank you for putting me. And I was like, wait, what's the list? I the list. And so I opened it up, and it was the list of the top 100 female ministers in America. And I have the last name B, did not make the list. I was like, what in the world? I started to panic. I'm like, I'm not on the list. I'm not on the list. So I went running to John's office, and I'm like, I'm never going to make the list. I'm 54, and I'm never going to make the list. He's like, just like that. Yeah. You know? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, and I'm just like a flurry of flannel pajamas. Yes. He's like, what list? Yes. And I said, the list of the top 100. And he's like, Lisa, do you even know the person that made this list? I'm like, no. And he's like, I think you need to read your Bible. And I was like, hey, listen, knowing I'm wrong doesn't make me feel right about this. And I said, there's a place on the bottom where you can add my name. And he's like, no, you did not. Put down my phone. I'm not adding your name. And so I went out into the snow and called Christine. And I call her and I'm like, Christine, I didn't make the list. And Christine was like, am I on the list? And I'm like, yes, and you're not even American. You made the list, you're Australian. And you're like, well, why do you care? I'm like, you asked me why. If I, you know, but, but the truth is that we all want yeah. to belong to something. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that day I'd like spiraled out of control, started to make my own list, decided this was evil. <laughs> that would, and then God was like, okay. But if you had made the list, you wouldn't have thought it was evil. Mm. You would have retweeted it. Mm. And I went, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> and so right. I, went into my, I went into my room. I was like, okay, I've been crazy for 30 minutes. It may be menopause. I apologized to John. I texted Christine. And later in the day, uh, my assistant brought by a plastic doll. I don't know if you remember this. It was a plastic. Somebody had made a flat acrylic plastic doll of quite possibly the worst picture of me ever. <laughs> as a 12-inch doll and made it as a centerpiece. I burned the outfit. Anyway, I was like, what in the world? And I remember calling Christine and said, I'm a plastic doll. And God said to me, are you happy now? Are you happy now? But now you're, you didn't make the list, but you're a plastic doll. And that's what happens when we begin to compare ourselves with one another. We are without understanding. Well, and I love what you say. You say that, that God loves us unique, uniquely. Uniquely, yeah. And and that if we don't step in and we walk in our uniqueness, we're robbing. 
Absolutely. Well, and, and that's what's happening to the body yes, of Christ right now. So. We can, because first and foremost, we do have a generation that's called to do something that's never been done yes. before. And, and, and they, they know it, but they, they aren't willing to pay the price to, to get a loan to do it. But, you know, I have four kids. You have two. You have two. Okay. When I, had my, when I was pregnant with my first son, you know, I, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And then this gaping love, like, took over my life. I was like, I'm so in love with my child that I wanted to have 20. And then the truth is that when I had my second son, I was so worried that I was going to have to cut the love I had for Addison in half. But the things just, I love about Addison yeah. are very different than the things I love about Austin. Yeah. And that's the way God looks at his children. Yeah. He doesn't say, oh, I love Christine because I love Christine. I don't love Lisa. He says, I love Christine uniquely. There is something about Christine's life that I have created for my glory uniquely for my purpose that is only on her. And I celebrate that. But seriously, I mean, this tells us who we are. Our confidence Amen. is in the Lord, Amen. you know, and, and that's where we have to we have to know the truth because then the truth sets us Amen. free. And it's the truth that we don't know that keeps us in bondage. The, the, you know, I just, um, I know there's so many women wondering, how can I find my way in life? How can I find my purpose and my destiny? Oh, there's no doubt that would be one of the most frequent mm -hmm. questions that I'm sure we're all asked. And um, I... Yeah. Afraid that they're going to miss it. Well, totally, because but most people genuinely want to fulfill the call of God on their life. Right. Yeah. I think there's two sides. Many think God really hasn't called me because right. I'm not Lisa or Christine yeah. or Laurie. Um, mm -hmm. And that's one thing that we need to speak to. And the other thing then is, um, you know, some people just are paralyzed out of yeah. fear of doing the right. wrong thing. I always find that God... Um, finds it much easier to steer a moving right. car or a moving ship yes. than one that's standing Stuck. still. And I think you just uh, take the next step. You don't have to see the whole staircase. Mm -hmm. I, I would not have seen, as a 21-year-old girl that walked into Hillsong Church broken, no. um, I could not have seen Propel and A21 and no. sitting here with you guys now and doing... I couldn't have seen Nick back then in my future. I couldn't have seen my two daughters. Um, and so, but I took the next step and the next step for me at that time was go and serve in the youth ministry because that was the next thing. I'd never prayed about it. I never wanted to do it. It's the same as Lisa, you know, it's not that I had sat down and thought, gee, I want to be a youth minister. It was just, that's what was there. And then really my whole call came because our youth pastor, who was a woman at the time, invited everyone one night at youth group. She said, next Tuesday, we're having a cleanup day at the church. A cleanup day. I want you to get this. So I thought, awesome. Great excuse for me not to go to university that day because I was going to be cleaning the house of God. So, of course, the Lord would not mind if I don't go to class because I'm cleaning the church. And so I felt that was spiritual and, you know, um, that would give me good brownie points. So I turned up. But here's the deal. Um, whatever there was at the time, you know, 100 kids in the youth ministry, I was the only one that went. And so while I was cleaning the closet, there was this broom closet, literally. The assistant youth pastor walked past and he said, you're Christine Karyophilus. That was my name. I love it. <laughs> and um, I said, yes. And he said, uh, you're at university studying psychology, which I was studying English and economic history. But he said, I need some help with a youth centre. I said, what's a youth centre? I, I didn't yeah. even know. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm going on a missions trip with Pastor Brian, the senior pastor. Um, and 
uh, when I come back, I just need some information. He threw me a pager and said, I want you to just be the contact person when I'm... That, that was my call to ministry. A pager got thrown at me. Yep. <laughs> this is your contact. And, yeah. and so because I was so eager to please God, it may as well have been the Lord on Mount Sinai giving yeah. me the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm right, saying? And, right. and, and that's how it's been. And everything that God put in my hand, most of which I didn't pray for to start with because I wouldn't have known what to pray or how to pray. I couldn't have even... It's true when it says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and that God is able to do exceedingly abundantly yes. above because I could not have imagined this right. then. Right. Yeah. But I see so many young women trying to imagine this and where the end of the staircase is. And I'm like, honey, take the next step. For me, the broom closet, I was the only one that turned up. And I still say it to this day, if you just keep turning up, then God is going to run out of options because not everyone keeps turning up. <laughs> so I think even to now, it's like, how many 50-odd-year-old yeah. chicks has he got? Not many. Tag, you're it, girls, yep. because I have got, you know, and we will certainly give him glory because right. we know what we're like in our own natural right. strength. So I don't know, Lisa, for you, but I'm, I'm a big believer in just take the next step. Yeah. yeah, and for me, it was the next step was moving outside of myself. That's it. It, it, it was like, yeah, if you see a need, Guess what? Hello? You saw it. You're responsible. That really was what it was. There wasn't any women's ministry. No. You know, there wasn't like, I, it wasn't glamorous. It was women's aglow occasionally. And I was young. So I didn't even know how to fit in. But God was like, okay, do you see, do you see these young girls hurting in your youth group? I said, I That's do. It. And he said, bring them into your home. Yeah. So I, I brought them into my home. I didn't think, now if I bring them into my home and put it on Instagram, that yeah. I'm going to get invited. I mean, there was no, there was no publicity. There was no I, Instagram. There was no Instagram. <laughs> I mean, I had these girls in my home and I listened to them. And, and basically, you know, it sounds like you did what I did. I asked yeah. the scary question of how can I help? Yeah. How can I help? That's Not it. this is how I'm willing to help, but how can I help? And, and, there, and I love that you brought up the people. They do, most people, they do want to obey God. They yeah. do want to honor him with his life, with all of it. And, you know, I, I can't, I can't escape the feeling that we have women out there that are feeling that way. They're like, I want to obey God. And, you know, you think, well, Christine came. Well, okay, you heard she started in a broom closet. I don't know where Lori's, but I'm sure Lori did not have to have the same breaking as Christine and I, because she's always been sweet. No, she's more spiritual <laughs> she than is us. So yes. but, but here's the thing. I want to tell you something. God actually wants to speak to you more than you want to hear yes. from him. Come on. And, and I know that your heart is pure. And I know that there's been so many mixed messages. And, you know, my husband and I have this thing that we just say, we're just going to erase the chalkboard. We're going to start all over again. So today, start all over again yeah. just start all over again I don't care about your mistakes I don't care if you've made tons of mistakes that doesn't make you a mistake it doesn't make you a mistake it just makes it one way that maybe it's not going to work and here's the truth we have a father Abraham who made a ton of mistakes and God still redeemed it so you come from a long line of people who knew how to redeem their mistakes so I don't know where you are right now but I know that the hand of God is on your life for a purpose and that he has a plan for you and I don't know what the enemy has done to diminish that to divide you from the people that you need to be part of. I don't know how he's distracting you right now, but I know the Holy Spirit can speak to you because he has not destroyed you. And you are under the sound of this message because God has his hand on your life for a purpose. So I'm going to ask you to just step back and dare to believe. I'm going to ask you to just do the thing that you see the need of. I'm going to ask you to go to your pastor and say, how can I serve? I want you to ask for women who also are alone to come into your house, but we need you to be a confident woman. I need you to be confident even when you're making mistakes. You heard what Christine said. Even if we're just moving, God can do something, but he can't do anything. We're frozen in fear. So in the name of Jesus, 
you amazing, beautiful daughter of the Most High God. You are definitely created without rival because this is who your father is. The unique hand of God is on your life in such a strategic way. Father, I speak to the gift of God that is in her life, and I command that gift to come forth. I thank you, Father, that you plant her in a community where the gift of God on her life can flourish. Father, I thank you that you said that your word is a lamp unto our feet. Father, as she opens up your word, as she reads your word, and as she speaks your word over her life, let it map out the path of destiny that you have for her. Father, I thank you that the word will rightly divide between truth and error, and that she will go forward in her purpose confidently Confident, confident that you have created her for this, this from the beginning of time in Jesus' name. Amen. That's beautiful. You know, what I'm loving, uh, I love that prayer. And I just want us to remind people that it is actually really hard to get out of the will of God. Yes. You know, sometimes we get He's so... He's not watching for us to mess up. <laughs> that, that's He's not. like, hope, I hope they mess up. I hope they mess and, up. And I just figure like, you know, it's okay. People go, how do I know? And, and, and how do just I know if I get something. out of it? It's all right. He could just move you back in. He's God. Like I, I found that just try. And if it fails, I think it's... A, I remember talking to, you know, all our spiritual mama Joyce, yes. and she'd be like, Christine, it's okay. It's yeah. it's like if it's we like, take a sure? step out, God can get you back in. It's not that that dramatic. And she often says, you know, step out and find out. Yeah. Sometimes that's, that's what happens. That that has helped me more than it. I remember, especially when it came to Propel, you know, the poor woman, <laughs> only a mother could love you like Mama Jay loves all of us, and she just tolerates so much. And I'm like, neurotic, what if this is not God? And you know what I want to do? And you know, I'm going round and and she's like, Christine, step out and find out. You quickly know if it's not. There's no, and how would you say, what are some signs that maybe God's not on something? Well, I mean, first and foremost, if it's not helping anybody. Yeah. No. He's not. He's not. <laughs> That's my case. <laughs> so, I mean, that would be definitely something with me. And and if it's not a felt need, I mean, if somebody else is already doing it, you don't have to do what everybody else is already Actually. doing. Find out what's going on and then preach your gospel. Yeah. Everybody wants to hear the vulnerabilities, the word of God made flesh in your life. You don't need to preach somebody else's message. Don't try to be somebody else. Don't, don't listen to their messages, but find out what's life for you. Yeah. And then start it in your home. Start it in, in your personal life and let it work its way out. Everything I've learned, I've learned by doing it the wrong way first before I did it the right way. Thank you for listening to this episode of TBN's Praise Podcast. If you enjoyed today's interview, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, share it with a friend, and consider leaving a review. We look forward to having you join us back here next week.